Welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. This week we have Lisa Walker from the uh, American alternative rock band Wussy. I've loved these guys for years and years, ever since I heard Teenage Wasteland off their amazing album Attica. They are pretty, um, they're pretty creative in terms of uh, their outputs. So anything that you want to hear by them, there's there's a lot. So it's all available on Spotify, of course, as as is as is the way. Um, I hope you're well. Here's the conversation. Um, good. Trump's gone. He's dead. The motherfucker's out of our lives forever. Not might return. Who cares? But I'm hope you're feeling good about that. Hope you're feeling good about other things in your life. Take care. Bye now. Let's try this. Oh, there's, ah! there it is. Yeah. There's, there's the audio that we were looking for. Found it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the like a really pretentious start to an album, like like thirty five seconds of complete silence, <laughs> and then boom. <laughs> Brian Eno uh, produced it, no doubt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hi, how are you doing, Lisa? Good. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Yeah, we just um, you want to hear how rock and roll my life is? I uh, my wife and I just finished watching uh, the Great British Bake Off episode I... one, season eighty million or something. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that show. That's uh, yeah. we've been watching one called Joe Para Talks with You. I don't know if, if it's made its way over to the UK yet, but it's. Uh, well, What's it called? It's called Joe Para P E R A talks with yeah. you, and it's mm. it's from our uh, Adult Swim channel, and um, it's about a guy that likes to plant beans, and uh, he teaches music, and he likes rocks. <laughs> oh my god! It <laughs> it's mental. It's amazing. It's it's truly life affirming. And if you go to the Amazon page for it, there or yeah. no, it's the, the IMDb page rather. There are people that credit the show to saving their life. No, no joke. Yeah, but I mean, like, come on, we live in a day and age where pretty much anything can save anyone's life. It's like you know, you watch *Season Milan* or whatever. The people are probably like, "Yeah, it totally saved my life from <laughs> pun- punching a dog and saying it's like fucking training it." The dude's punching a dog. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is going on? crazy guy <laughs> True. anyway um what, what's that what's that like a smoothie it's drink a smoothie in there? i had to run yeah. some errands today and so uh i do indulge in the occasional drive through um absolutely, absolutely. indulgence what what, <laughs> what what do you do what's your job i work at an antique mall so i'm in retail yeah um and uh, so I've been back to work since mid-May, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're not slammed with customers. We just have a nice steady flow and everyone wears a mask and is polite. And it's been yeah. really chill. It's been a nice place to... My life feels weirdly normal because other than touring, I stay in anyway. Um, or I go to thrift stores, um, things like yeah. that. Are you you're, are you quite you're quite um, not not necessarily introverted, but like you just you're more of a um a, a hermit kind of a person. You're happy. Yeah. What? The... Ab- oh yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm. I don't know, man. Like I I I like sports, so I don't play sports. I like sports. Now I'm just saying sports to sound like an American. Yeah, I like sports. I like playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing a game called cricket. 
Um, and I don't know whether I'm patronizing you by saying that may, whether you've heard of it or not, I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. Um, and, and then, yeah, like that's about it really. I mean, in terms of getting out, I mean, I'm a gardener, so I have to get out, but like, but do you know what Lisa, it's like the past six months, I think we've all just realized like how comparatively to where we are now, how frantic our lives were. And now they're just like, gosh, nothing's nothing's happened for the longest time it's true it's weird to not be planning things out six months ahead yeah which is how we do tours um yeah so i always have a you know mental note in my head of where we'll be you know and like when normally i'd be thinking about when and how we'd be going to the uk next yeah yeah absolutely oh my god like that Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just saying, like, it's um, that is a common thread that keeps coming up and up and up with that, the bands that I speak to um, of all of all ages. And that's what's wonderful about music, I guess. It's like the doesn't doesn't really have an age or what have you. Mm-mm. Is that is that Chuck in the background, like fucking yes. doing some serious DIY? Yeah, he's a he was just uh, he had come from a different antique mall, not the one that we work at. <laughs> Okay. a different one yeah you know just it's kind of our therapy and just makes things feel normal to walk through one and um we buy stock for our store but anyway he just took the dogs out because i was bad and hadn't taken them out since midday okay. but it's only well, four o'clock here so right yeah well we just let our dogs out it's nine o'clock so wonderful um, yeah but yeah we've got a couple <laughs> we've got a couple of uh, rescue dogs from thailand so um, oh well, Izzy is uh, Izzy is my hound mix. She's some kind of um, you know local descendant from what would it be a? They call them um, Walker uh, Walker coon hounds here because they hunt raccoons. They treat they they chase them up trees, but I think they're descendants of uh, oh kind of larger. What's the hound? What's the main hunting hound over over there in England? I can't remember. There are quite a Fox few. Hound. We, yeah, we we love killing shit over in this country, just like they do well, everywhere in the world. We try to we try to get her to not kill things when possible. She's she has dug yeah. up a mole or two, and she does she does tree the raccoons, but that's about it. And then right. Chuck's dog has doggy daycare basically at my house every day, so that they can be together. And he's oh. some kind of cattle dog um beagle mix they're both wonderful mutts rescued from the same uh, uh organization and man sounds very, great <laughs> sounds good it sounds wholesome it sounds romantic as long as no one's getting chased up a tree and like tremors having to stay there for like five days <laughs> well raccoons know. have thumbs so they can get up and down pretty easily well there we go this is this is great <laughs> I did not picture this conversation um, going in the ways of raccoons and, and what have you, but, you know. Why not, pretty, right? Yeah, fuck it. I'm a very weird guy, so there we go. I just, oh, I've got to remember to keep it. Yeah, and we are recording as well, so, you know. Oh, sure. I, I assume. Yeah. Do, you, do you want me to yeah. to record some uh, anything on my end? I, I just have my phone off to the side, but... No, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. This is this is this is a this is a good audio. It's good audio. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, good deal. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to talk to you, uh, to you about you and and obviously Wussy. Um, cool. Because duh, why not? Um, 
but like what because you're you're lyrically your music's very um poetic thank um, you and i mean it kind of like in stages would be quite interesting to try and figure out why where how this came from <laughs> did this band you mainly though like um where it started out for you who were like if it if if it was music at all that started inspiring you in a creative way or was it like paintings was it was it words was it like uh i don't know a grandma a grandfather someone in your life that said hey here's music or something it's kind of a combination i think that it all boils down probably to to music and radio things there's you'll see chuck go by again with the dogs yeah. <laughs> anyhow <laughs> um I, I grew up listening to oldies radio, which is a popular format here. Um, I remember our our British tour manager in 2016 when he came over here was just fascinated by what the the plethora of like classic rock, you know, Beatles, Stone, Zeppelin, you know, centric radio stations here. Because like every even the smallest town almost, you'll be able to get a station like that. Um, and so living in a smallish town, that's, that's, that was what I gravitated to rather than say country or whatever. Um, and what was, what town was that? Sorry. Oh, uh, the eighties, nineties. So no, what, what town? Sorry. Like what town? Oh, 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 what town? Sorry. Uh, Muncie, Indiana, which is Mun about, okay. yeah, it's about, it's a small college town and it's about an hour from Indianapolis, which I don't know. Indianapolis is about the same size as the city we live in now, Cincinnati. Yeah. I forget how many folks, a few million maybe. Yeah. But, um, but it's, I, I lived out more, you know, towards the cornfields and things like that. And I don't know, listen, growing up listening to, you know, the kinks and the, and the Beatles and the stones and having that readily available buddy Holly even, and just yeah. some of that great early rock and roll, um, and then my parents loved what they now call the, the world now calls yacht rock. <laughs> the, their their <laughs> yeah. car station was always tuned to that smooth seventies um, sound. Man, it was like Bread and Michael yeah. McDonald and Doobie Brothers, Steely okay. Dan. <laughs> that yeah, so yeah. so even though that you know that wasn't maybe what I was choosing to hear, I was hearing that a lot, and so you know that sometimes i'll i'll play radio like that at work even now because it just makes me feel like being a kid again yeah i know exactly what you mean like i've got um <laughs> i've got a peloton bike uh, i used to mm -hmm. work out and um some of the guys on there they'll play like some classic rock and after about 20 seconds i just sh shut the fuck up and just actually get into it and like they play yeah. leonard skinner or whatever yeah. like a si simple yep. man and then you're like <laughs> into it you're like yeah man fuck it classic rock it's like uh, you know don't fight it just get stop fighting it you know just, but it's funny it's, it's it's I, I do get seriously jealous um whenever i speak to someone from your neck of the woods like because of the variety of of stations radio stations you know where in the uk we just simply did not have that when i was when i was growing up it was it was virgin radio richard branson's radio and that was pretty much <laughs> you know, like it really, you don't, you got bits and pieces on radio too, maybe, but the DJs were horrific. 
Um, so obviously, like, you know, I I love that movie, um, uh, Days and Confused, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of how I see or that's how I feel like American radio would have been in like the 70s 80s was that is that, yeah. is that fair to say or is that just I think it was I unfortunately it's fallen a lot of our great stations like when I moved here there were two really good stations where you could hear all kinds of all, all kinds of things WOXY and WNKU both college radio and yeah. neither one exists anymore <laughs> so well, we've taken yeah. so I listen to six radio I uh, six music on the BBC iPlayer app because it's the Oh, it's the best. <laughs> That's so fucking refreshing hear you saying that because I do <laughs> wonder whether I'm becoming too middle-aged and too safe. Do you know what I mean? Because Yeah, I, I wonder that for myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. But I, I mean, love six th- music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love Six, man. And you that's how I found about found out about you guys. Mark Riley played um, Teenage Wasteland. So I was like, oh, my God. Uh, that happens literally like every person I've had on this show. Not every person, but a lot of the people I have on this show. I'd be like, oh, I, I was doing this, the washing up and your song came on the radio and just made me stop. I think that's like a pretty yes. good... Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that, I like experiencing music in that way, in that kind of casual way where it's sort of entering through a different channel in your head. And then when something really grabs you, you know it. Fuck. Yeah. There's a really <laughs> good song by cabbage. Uh, I can't remember the name of the goddamn song. Now you would have heard it on six music, mm-hmm. uh, but the cabbage are really good, but they're, um, Oh, I can't remember. I've, I've, I'll email you the song once I figured it out. But again, that was a washing up song, man. Like where it just goes, Ooh, just grabs you. You're like, maybe it's 30 seconds into the song and suddenly your subconscious is going, Whoa, dude wake up this is great you know this is oh, this yeah. is everything you need um yeah <laughs> driving home so, it, for, for me i used to tune into it driving home from work when i worked a bit farther away like a 30 minute average drive whatever and so it saved my sanity listening to yeah. for, for me it would be good co at that point and just the kind of calmness but unique choices of his hmm. show would, would kind of keep me from road rage <laughs> so you can li- you listen so what do you just do you listen to Gideon Co on your old um you tune in via a phone or something just phone yeah I I my favorites are are Mark Riley Gid Co I like uh Steve Lamack and I really like uh Iggy Pop show although sometimes God, yeah. it's a little too much jazz for me so I gotta <laughs> if I'm yeah. driving I have to sw- save it for another time <laughs> I know I know I know what you mean um <laughs> but like yeah, I, I've started, I've, I really want to try and get a little bit more into that because I, I always say like how much I love um, uh, John Coltrane, Blue Train. And I and that's pretty oh, yeah. much my own, that's, but that's my only fucking jazz. It's like literally that. And I don't know what else. Like there's other stuff that I do like, but I'm so lazy when it comes to that. And I feel, but that, but then again, you know, you, like you said, you know, you can listen to someone like Iggy Pop or Gideon Cole, whatever, and you just, they don't, you don't have to, they do it for you. Yeah. But, um, I've always liked that. Yeah. So when, when like, was it guitar for you or you like piano or you like mm, learning good question. clarinet or something? What, what, like when you were a kid, what happened? I did. Uh, they tried me on flute, but I, they didn't know I was asthmatic. So, <laughs> Hey, me too, buddy. Yay. <laughs> so flute didn't work out so well. So I switched to trumpet and then uh, piano, but I, I wasn't very disciplined in any of those, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it just wasn't my thing. And so then I would play around on my dad's guitar because he yeah. had he would play guitar for church and things like that. And he had a uh, he had some good like Crosby, Stills and Nash records that I would Sweet. listen to. And I would tape things off the radio. I would tape like "Wish You Were Here" and try to learn it. You know, things like that. And, and you Simple asked about riff. yeah, exactly. I mean, Neil Young. Thank God for him. If not for him, I don't. I don't know if. He gives you the the courage to try because he shows you that simplicity is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But my face literally just turned into a blur there. I was nodding so heavily along. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 Neil Young. <laughs> and and Chuck, um, who's in the other room there, he plays when he uh, does a solo. It's so it, they're they're so reminiscent of something, you know, not a copy or anything, but it's very no. Neil Young esque, and I'm always. I'm always uh, very thankful for that. That's probably one artist that if you could like that everyone in the, in our band is equally kind of smitten with. Yeah. Cause we all bring in varied influences and Mark and Joe and, and I, I'll speak of John in the present tense because in my yeah, mind, sorry, he's yeah. still, Oh, thank you. He's still to me is very present tense. And so yeah. sometimes I may do that by but I don't know if it's even by mistake. But um, we've, we're all kind of equally coming from that that area of, of classic rock specifically. Yeah. And, you know, big fans of, say, like, Dark Side of the Moon. I know everybody is, but, like, beyond the cliched stuff, it's just, it's just a masterwork. You know, that, I don't yeah. know, I love... I, I, I love all that. And then in college, I did get into, um, you asked about poetry and getting into uh, some of the, um, you know, just get honing writing. I was a tech writing major, but took some other creative classes and got into Yates and people like that. And okay, yeah. I had yeah. a teacher it- that, that said, don't go into your chosen field, like write creatively because maybe you should give that a shot. And he's like, I don't really tell this to anybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That was nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and it's important though, like you only get one shot of this, this life, right? And yeah. some te- some teachers are brave enough to just go, dude, you know, like just do this or just think about that. Just think about yeah. that. that and he thing. did say you won't make any money. He's like, yeah. you, if you do your what you're trying to do but he didn't know either and neither did i that that field would also fall away (laughs) professional writing was kind of a it served me well as a major because i can do a lot of the things for the band myself without having to hire someone to do them or i can help our publicist i can give them a a good press release that they massage you know into something better and so i don't um it saved us some money over the years but um you know, that field went away too. But he did say like, look, you, if you do that, you'll make some money. And if you do this, you will, <laughs> you'll be poor yeah. forever. But why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a thing though, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> I mean, just going back to your point there about, you know, writing a bio and stuff like that for your, you know, your music, your band, whatever new album, it's, it's a pretty imperative that you get that, that it comes from the heart and soul of the band and not just mm-hmm. some, some random i know you guys have attached with some brilliant labels like over here like distribution or what have you some really good people 
but it's still um, really important for a band to have that message down. It, it, you know, kids, you it's don't. It's hard do to do, though, isn't it? It's so it's hard to do <laughs> without sounding like a complete douchebag. You know, it's yeah. really hard to write about you know? yourself in the third person and make it and make believe you didn't write it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and the worst part is when you see bands like when they're really just starting out. And you can tell that they've written it, and it's like what you know, and it's cute, it's sweet, more, more almost. But that's, that's the that's the rock and roll, I suppose. But um, yeah, like so, Neil Neil Young, that's that's pretty cool. Can you? Because for me, I always bang on about um, hearing Jimi Hendrix. Um, I think it's live at Monterey or something, or live at the oh, Isle gosh, of Wight, yeah. um, doing Johnny Be Good. And I was about mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, fucking eight, five or something years old, and. And something in me just going, what is that? I want that. What was there yes. a was there a particular song yeah. or moment? Yes, I did have one of those. I was a little older, and I'd had moments before this too. Things like Norman Greenbaum's "Spirit in the Sky," or um, like Tommy James and the Shondells' "Dragging the Line." Or for me, Led Zeppelin was always the big. As a you know younger kid, they kind of blew me away. But mm. I remember my grandparents had cable and um, a TV room that wasn't closely monitored by the adults. And <laughs> so the kids would sometimes, my cousins would flip it to like an MTV or something. And I remember hearing, um, uh, you, and I saw it, U2's video for uh, where the streets have no name. Yeah. Where they're on that, they're in like downtown LA playing for everybody and the cops come and they're, you know, it's this whole, you know, it's orchestrated, but it feels very real, you know? Yeah. And the sure. people's reactions are real. Like in the street, they're very, and I, um, you know, I don't know if it's cool anymore to like you too, but I have this, <laughs> but they were huge for me and yeah. a lot of, and Mark, uh, my, my, uh, bandmate Mark as well, like in our formative, years and you know high school and, and college age we definitely uh u2 is a big touchstone for us and in as a guitar sure. player i kind of i definitely you know the edge was kind of like an early person that i you know probably without even realizing it sort of tried to emulate and then i started listening to more angular stuff like gang of four or television right. to try to pepper in that kind of thing a little bit more wire bands like that um yeah and uh but I, but that type of playing and that kind of you know just that moment i just i was like drawn to the set and i was like this is i want to do this like i want to do what what they're doing sweet like, i want to make they, people they... happy like that you know what i mean definitely yeah <laughs> and like yeah like how that i mean new year's day the solo in that whenever <sighs> that comes Whenever it comes on the radio, that that particularly that solo is is breathtaking. Yes. I always have to stop myself from like if we're writing some new, we're just jamming, which I to- I really miss doing, and I hope we'll get to do it soon as a full band. Again, um, you know, we're just sort of maybe doing a slow burn type song, making something up in the space. I always have to stop myself from playing bad. Like, and, and like without realizing it. And then Mark will inevitably look at me and like shake his head like, oh, I need to, you know, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. two notes that I can't, I don't know. We were sort of, um, 
the Universal did uh, kind of track us down. It wasn't the band. I want to stress this. It wasn't the band. It was their Universal who owns the the rights or whatever. Um, yeah. For for one of our songs sounding too much like Teenage Kicks. Oh, dude. <laughs> Fuck me! That song's on what album is that? Because I was Funeral singing dress. along to it. Yeah, yeah, I was singing along to it earlier, and I was like, oh, yeah. I, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, or oh, whatever. It's Teenage Kicks, man. Like, it is, and we didn't fight it because we knew, yeah. like we knew, we didn't work. You know, I've done, I've done a couple of commercial, like local commercials, <laughs> where I've seen the legal process by which you do a sound alike, and it, and you don't get in trouble for it you know and so there are legal ways to just yeah very you know subtly we didn't even try so no we gave them some money and we changed the writing (laughs) credits on ASCAP and that is so funny because like that happened with Tom Petty with I Won't Back Down and Sam Smith oh Oh, wow yeah. yeah and I was like oh I mean like I'm the biggest Tom Petty fan I know by oh, I love Tom way. Petty. Yes. Yeah. And like, I even I was like, Tom, that's a bit harsh, man. But he's very fucking, he was very, very like, no, okay, not on my fucking watch kind of guy. Yeah. So that's, you know. Yeah. He was very guarded about his, his stuff. We know a band whose cover of a Tom Petty song made it into a movie, some Drew Barrymore vehicle years ago because the heartbreakers and, and Tom Petty would not sign off on his version. Yeah. Like he was all, he's so if you hear Tom Petty in a movie or a TV show, like when I hear it in say parks and rec or something, I'm always like, Oh, he must've liked that show, you know, because right. I think he was very guarded about that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, like for example, when it's in Jerry Maguire, when he's just free falling, like, like Tom Cruise's, that oh my god, I, that is one of the most singular moments in my tri- early sort of mid-teens. I'd say in the cinema, I used to go on my own a lot. I used to fucking love going to cinema on my own. Still do, and um, yeah. that came on, man. Free falling, ah, and that moment when he's driving in the car, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, wow, that stopped me. But um, it's coming up to Tom Petty's anniversary, actually, his three-year anniversary of his death. Yeah. And you know, I got to see he's one of the only. Um, big like arena type shows that I've ever gone to see because I have a lot of like crowd anxiety so it's not okay yeah yeah I don't normally go to big festivals or anything like that and uh, but he was the one that I would make an exception for (laughs) yeah got have you got any lasting memories of the gig oh yeah um well we we went to two one was me and uh my bandmate Mark Messerly we we drove to Indianapolis to go to like a lawn a big lawn show and um that that one was just it was like a hippie mecca it was so great you know and just you could <laughs> smell weed everywhere in the air yeah. and everyone was really great. chill <laughs> and then um the one that we saw here, my my husband and I went to, to see him here in um, Cincinnati at an indoor venue, large one. Um, and that one was a little, it was my husband's first big show like that too. And I felt like it was very appropriate because there were a lot of, um, a lot of people who kind of were old enough to know better, kind of acting inappropriately. And 
and yeah. um, some people wanting to dance standing up and other people shouting at them to sit down. God, okay. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, and it was just, everyone was, we weren't, but a lot of people around us were clearly drunk. And so I was like, this is, this is exactly how these shows sort of just in general go. So it absorb it all. Right. But just musically, just uh, above and beyond, you know, just uh, such a great band and getting to see kind of locking in on, say, Ben Montage or, or Mike Campbell and like watching their, like the magic that each person brought Fuck was pretty yeah. cool. What oh, about you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had to go to New York to see him on, his, on the Mojo tour and I, I say that had to because he literally hadn't come over to the UK in a very long time, say for like a George Harrison tribute night at the Albert Hall. And I was oh, like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get tickets time. to that. Yeah. Um, so I went over there with my mum, believe it or not, bless her. And mm. I didn't really enjoy the gig that much because it was like basically pressing play on the greatest hits as opposed to like sure. album tracks. And that kind of got me down a bit. But it was still oh, yeah. great. And Buddy Guy supported him and um, and then I saw him at the Isle of Wight Festival, which was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those things. I've seen Springsteen more times and just every time I see Bruce Springsteen, I'd like literally cry. I cry throughout the whole fucking set from start to, start to finish. I love it. It's amazing. But um, anywho, God, I'm going to do a podcast with a with a, a, a friend of mine who's in Chicago. He's got a really good podcast called Infectious Groove. I think mm-hmm. you you might like it. They 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 do some really good chit chat, um, and what have you. But we're just going to do a Tom Petty special, so that's going to I'll goof I'll literally just go mad on Tom Petty or fucking nice <laughs> pathetic. But um, so I I found out about you guys on Six Music as you know, and it was because of Teenage Wasteland, like hearing that mm-hmm. song for the first time, and I. I had a moment when I was listening to Bubba O'Reilly because is it, is it, it's, a very, it's kind of like a who, I don't know, it's like a mystery song, like wrapped in a tribute to, to the who. Yeah, like, um, for to sure. Teenage Wasteland, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, no, just sort of like um, how a song like that um, can really transport you, can show you the other world you've never seen. You know what I mean? God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just like, it's just one of those songs. Cause I love the lyrics in your, in your, um, in Teenage Wasteland, but also they just mirror the, I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. I don't know how you do it. And quite a few of your songs as well, not just that one. It's like, you just get the absolute tone of emotion <laughs> so spot on. And it's like, I was on this train going from my little village in Surrey, back into central London, many, many years ago, had like, you know, tape, tape, um, cassette player on, and I had Barbara O'Reilly on, and the sun was coming through the train um, windows and hitting the floor at exactly the same speed as the, do, do, oh, do, wow. do, 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 you know, those things. Yeah. And, it was, and what was really fucking weird, it got even more <laughs> cr- fucking crazy, was all the drum hits are down 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 the sun kept on doing that for, <laughs> i would say for about 25 seconds and i was like is god talking to me it's like someone giving me a fucking message here so i haven't <laughs> really and then and then when i heard your song for the first time and then it kept that song kept me going along with um archie marry me by always 
those two songs, Teenage Wasteland, and th- I used to put them on together a lot when I was going through some really horrible shit, um, lonely breakups and horrible crap. Um, and I, and it just used to just get me through, just really did, like really Aww. emotionally, you know. Oh, thank you, though. That's very that's very sweet of you to say. That's amazing to to know that it kind of went full circle in a way. Yeah, and I, I don't think you don't, you're not like it's not like you wrote that song and thought, oh, this is what I want it to do to people. But is there an element of that song when you were jamming it when it first came out in sorry in the in the rehearsal in, in like the jamming environment where you thought, fuck, we're onto something here. Yeah, we we initially called it Paul Westerberg, if I remember correctly, because it sort of existed first as this just jam, this electric jam. And and, you know, Chuck came up with that that kind of like pulsating rhythm. And I kind of, and I had that that little lead line and um, and we just we we had we had the sound, but we didn't really have the words. And mm. so one of our thoughts was going in was like, we wanted it to kind of have a replacements with kind of energy. We didn't want it to lose that kind of reckless feeling, that excitement, that kind of newness to it, that their great stuff always sort of had about it. Mm. And, um, and so when it came time to put the words together, cause I'm a very last minute writer, um, uh, I, I kind of had that in mind and I thought about how much I appreciated it when he wrote about his idols because it really put me in that place and time of kind of feeling lost and then hearing this sound and the sound alone is is redemptive or, or comforting. And so I thought about in my life who had done that, what sounds had, had moved me um transported me and that song man that's the one that came to me was that right. song and then i thought about um Barbara o'reilly yeah i thought about Barbara o'reilly and yeah. uh just how i never tire of it even to this day if it plays on the radio i just i have to crank it up i'm not going to switch the station it's almost yeah. like a religious experience and i remember seeing that footage of them on the um, Smothers Brothers comedy hour where like Keith had put in like bombs in the drums and then like other people, like a stagehand did too. And they didn't realize how much, like how many explosives were in the, the bass drum or yeah. like the, the kick drum rather. And so when it went off, like it interrupted the entire North American signal for like a brief second, like, like TVs across North America went like blipped out and um and there's this kind of blurry <laughs> shot and and john it was like his expression doesn't even change <laughs> he's, just yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's just like maybe his eyebrows go up a little bit and right it's so yeah, funny yeah. like and and to me that told me a lot about their band dynamic and like kind of it kind of makes you feel like a part of it seeing you know like, oh, man, what that guy must have been like. Like, yeah, nothing surprises him, Fuck. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I love it. Because like you, okay, that, it, it, the wonderful thing is it's, it's, you can see it, right? You can see it on YouTube or what have you, and you can mm-hmm. revisit that. It's like just Townsend turning around. What was it Townsend's reaction is fucking like, oh, my God. Oh, man. It, it blew his ear out, didn't it? Yeah, it blew his ear. Like, I think it burst his eardrum. And yeah. um, and I don't know. I still don't know why he broke Tommy Smothers' guitar. Like, was it 
was that planned or because <laughs> Tommy looks kind of mad and he almost oh. never looks mad. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my god, but that, those are you do not get that these days. Christ, no. man, no, no way. Not, but I don't a, know, but. but another plug for that show I was telling you about, about ordinary things that Joe Para show. There's a there's an entire and these are short episodes, they're like 12 minutes, but there's one devoted entirely to Baba O'Reilly and um, the fact that he had somehow just heard it for the first time and he's supposed to be up delivering church announcement announcements and all he can do is uh, uh, talk about Baba O'Reilly until the really? priest comes and asks him to please sit down because <laughs> they have to move on, you know, move, move things along. Yeah. So like what? <laughs> I, I loved where you were going with talking about um so it's like um yeah we heard you pete real loud and clear on the first one we were we, we were talking to you a thousand times a day what's all that mm -hmm. about um it just kind of how you know his sort of every man lyrics they they kind of enter your psyche and hmm. just that that kind of underdog thing that he did so well and you're in in pulling for him you're pulling for yourself as well okay. you know yeah kind of giving yourself the shot that maybe you were afraid to yeah kind of prop guys like that prop you up i love you know and like the faces and bands like that like these kind of guys yeah. that came from maybe a little more hard scrabble uh you know that's what makes the beatles in some ways kind of so interesting because like the Stones were these kind of posh art school guys, whereas the Beatles grew up in the rubble of a recently bombed out city and were like, yeah. would kick your ass, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the film Backbeat does a pretty damn good job, actually. It's um, at, like kind of giving you a vague idea of what those guys might have been like. I have to revisit that. I, I really like um, just for seeing just as as an american it's not something that we're as familiar with and so it's cool like um control is shot yeah. in salford and um you know and like you know and he the the director was their photographer so he he knew them he knew how they stood and he said even the actors the actors chose to play the joy division songs they were going to have mm. them dubbed in and they were like no we want to learn how to do this and he yeah. said, as they played together, he's like, look, I've been shooting bands for decades now. I know how this stuff works. And he's like, yeah. they stood differently. He's like, I didn't have to tell them how to stand because they stood like a band because they had started playing music together. Right. God. And I thought that was really cool. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> That's what you want to hear, isn't it? When you have a film yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a film that I've, I haven't watched in a little while. Maybe I should revisit that as well. It's a real cracker, that is. Um, you want to check out a film called Good Vibrations, if you haven't already. I don't um, think I have seen that, no. Well, considering we were talking about Teenage Kicks earlier on, it's about, yeah. it's roughly kind of a little bit about, um, oh my God, the undertones, but the whole of the punk movement uh, uh, based around a record label that was set up at the height of the Troubles in uh, Belfast. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's super. It's called Good, oh, vi good, so vi cool. good Vibrations. Yeah. All right, Again, cool. I'll send you an email with some stuff. All right, good. It. Well, because um, also uh, Chuck and Josie are, are big uh, movie nerds, and they'll also yeah. watch them. T um, between, between the two of them, they've seen a lot. 
if it's yeah. music or horror related. <laughs> oh man, fuck horror it scares the crap out of me. But yeah, um, I'm more of a I like the peaceful stuff. <laughs> yeah, me, me too, my friend. Um, <laughs> I just there's there's another thing that I learned, and I don't know why. I think I did learn this a long time ago, not a long time ago, but maybe four or five years ago. But at Attica, the obviously the um, title track of the album off Attica um, is, is named after the, um, the dog day afternoon thing, right? Like yeah. um, the Attica protests about the prisons yeah. in New well, York. It just kind of in, okay. So it kind of takes a leap from there a little bit in that, um, that, that whole um, Attica, Attica thing has sort of become a rallying cry, sometimes played for laughs. Like, you know, and always it's always Sunny Philadelphia's show. Like Charlie does it outside of their bar, but for no good reason. For you know, it's right. just, just something. It's just this disembodied um, call. But I thought, in the context of that movie, everything he did was driven by by love, and and you know, he was so so cool about it and like i know he's like maybe not made all the right choices he's robbed a bank but just the idea that he is so unapologetic he will do anything for love mm. and and i just thought that was like that characteristic was pretty inspiring dude man it's a it's the bravest movie if it's it's the bravest movie of the 70s but it's also the bravest oh, move yeah. an, an actor has ever made oh Completely. I mean, yeah. imagine it even being made now. God, you know what I mean? That's what's so sad. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get it. Like Moonlight was fucking phenomenal. I love it. And like Call Me By Your Name, there are some amazing films. Oh, yeah. That, Stuff is still happening and still and still yeah. coming out. But but that guy was doing the fucking Godfather the same year or something, wasn't he? It's like, I know. It's, God, what balls. What fucking balls. I, I love know. it. I do, too. I do too. Yeah. I do too, man. And I'm, I've always been a big, I love Serpico. I don't know. That's, oh, I just, dude, the that's first time great. I saw Serpico, <laughs> oh my God, the first time I saw that film, I, I lent it off my neighbor. She was like 65 years old, bit of a nut. And I was like, all right, yeah, what's this fucking film you're trying to lend me, Matt? You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what's all this naff sort of old school shit? And I just, it floored me, man. I was like, this is totally unbelievably perfect god yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> and i said i don't watch a lot of horror but certain certain horror like things like the shining and, and stuff like that mm. are i definitely uh i can handle Art, that That's... artsy horror yeah <laughs> well yeah, i don't want yeah if i'm gonna see blood it just make it look pretty and give it a purpose <laughs> yeah um in terms of like just to see it <laughs> okay yeah i mean there's the gr green room that's good green room's yeah. really good patrick stewart and that's a rock and roll film but it's mm -hmm. have you seen it i've seen bits and pieces because <sighs> i watch terrifying clips of movies sometimes when i can't handle the whole thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a youtube May channel for it <laughs> is there really yeah Oh my god! Like, watch this scary film without the scary things in it. Uh huh. Yep. He'll even oh. show his cat sort of making a face if something really scary happens. <laughs> it's awesome. 
you're a particular kind of person. It's quite interesting, actually. Like, I love that. That's really funny. You should put that in the lyric, man. There's definitely a song in there. Definitely someone who can't who can't handle horror, but will still watch it. You know, I still oh, want to know it. what happens. Yeah, I still want to. I still want to man. see the depiction of it. Yeah, but the thing that's a good movie, uh, Carpenter. That's a great one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's kind of sci-fi, so yeah. That's true. But, Chuck won't watch Rosemary's Baby, and, and, and we don't know why, because his favorite movie is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And oof. and Rosemary's Baby, to me, isn't that scary, and so we can't figure out why he won't watch it. Oh, God, I, I can't. I haven't watched either, and I don't I don't even want to. I, I watched like a t- <laughs> five-second clip with a, in a voice, like a, you know, like a talking heads kind of thing, talking about movies, and I fuck that. Like the... <laughs> Yeah, no. misery. We'll is find you that YouTube link for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that just? It would just be a cat the entire time, <laughs> with seventies really weird sound like soundtrack. But um, <laughs> seeing as we're talking about Chuck, uh, you you are you guys writing partners? Is that is that fair to say? Often, like, or do yeah. You, yeah. Uh, so we've written together. We've written totally, you know, a lot of songs we have are totally separate and other times we'll bring in, um, you know, usually he'll have the, you know, like a half song and, you know, just doesn't quite have the rest of it. And so I'll just either, you know, re rearrange it a little or write the verses or add a, add a second part or something like that. So that happens a lot as well. Yeah. Are there any moments where you're like, you're, you've got a half song and he turns it into a stunner, like a real, like, or vice versa? Like, yeah. Is any... Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of songs that we bring in individually are, the, I don't feel like they sound anything like um, the final incarnation. And that okay. has, that has a lot to do with Mark and, and Joe and John as well, just because once everybody kind of gets going, it, it sort of becomes its own animal, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes what we do individually is kind of plain sounding or sounds a lot like maybe something else that we've written. And then the rest mm. of the band just transforms it entirely. Yeah. That's such a cool vibe, isn't it? When you're in, a, <laughs> in the rehearsal space and like you've had a song for like, I don't know, three or four weeks or not, maybe not even that long. And you've got used to it one way. And then someone goes, why don't you do it a little bit like this? And then someone brings a, I don't know, like a riff or even just the way they're playing the kick drum. And you're like, geez, like this whole thing is changing, but in a cool way. Yeah, it happens like a lot more. I feel like lately, like over the last two records, as we've gotten better as a, as a you know, four and five person unit playing together and kind of feeling comfortable writing um, parts and things like that. Um, yeah. Where, you know, something may start out almost like a folk song or have a twang to it and then by the time everyone's had their moment with it you know together it it turns into like a punk song or you know what i mean the the, the feel is entirely changed and that is actually really cool sometimes there's no resemblance from the original Uh, yeah it's been a while since i've jammed with a band like uh like been in a few bands that i would say were serious you know trying to make it sort of thing and uh, yeah, it's been a long time, but you never forget that. And if you, yeah. I mean, maybe you've, you've, you, you would understand, I mean, you wouldn't take it for granted the band you're in now, you know, how good it is and, and the rehearsal space and, and 
setting songs up and bringing them in to their final stage. But there are some bands I've been in where it's just bloody exhausting, like that whole process where you're like, are you even listening to me? This, this, oh my God. And I'm just like, and that's why I've kind of given up on bands. You, I guess what I'm getting at is like, you'll, I guess from where I'm coming from, looking at you guys, how lucky you are to be in such a fucking great band and have just such a great, like writing, I don't know, ethic or something, but you just con so prolific. Well, that's very, thank you so much. I think we, we feel very lucky as well because I think we've all, and it's not that we haven't enjoyed playing with other people and things like that, but you're right. It, it, it's hard work and it's hard to feel because I think in a way playing together, you have to have this sort of, you have to feel kind of vulnerable enough to play interesting parts, but also like, you know, bold enough to just get out there and try something <laughs> and yeah. to, to really have a group of people that you musically you're on kind of the same wavelength as is kind of a miracle um, because I've played with a lot of different people, very talented people, very, um, I mean, far more talented than, than I am, much better players. Um, and I just haven't very often been able to, to click musically and it's through no mm. fault of theirs or mine or, you know, it just is what it is. Um, and so I'm always kind of reminded why we've stayed a band as long as we have, because it is so rare, I think, to find that, you know, and you do, you do have to work through it. You do have to kind of come through some, you know, some transitions. And I don't know what we're going to sound like exactly when we come back, because honestly, we haven't even practiced since, um, since we lost John. So it's kind of, it, yeah. it remains to be seen what, what, what will sound like. I mean, not that we'll totally, I'm not going to start playing a different instrument or anything like that, but no just um you know what i mean just we kind of have this in our head that we're gonna have to reinvent ourselves a little bit because that's just the only way that we know how to move forward yeah no, of um, course. so i'll be really i'll be curious to see what we do like what we make <laughs> if that makes sense no absolutely i think there's almost like a space in the band now um where his soul will be perhaps like where you can yes. kind of ask ask yourselves like where what not necessarily like what would John do? Maybe what would John do? What would John like? Yeah. What have you? But like that kind of respect. Absolutely. Very much mm. so. And, you know, I, I always, um, there are certain um, bands that I've, I follow for, you know, years now and they're still around making music. And I'm always curious to see how, what they do as a band with longevity, bands like Yola Tengo and artists like that wire have been together for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, just always curious to see what, you know, what they do to to kind of to not be a a throwback or something like that to be like every because freshen it up. Yeah, because like my my husband was asking me like, what bands do you consider to be kind of a retro act? Because as much as I love the Stones, like if I I never thought of them, even though they put out some albums in recent years, I never regarded those albums for whatever reason. I just thought, oh, well, the Stones were 
alive and kicking in the 60s yeah. and 70s and i don't really have an interest in seeing them now and it's no insult to them intended but like tom petty for me always was putting out records that mattered and he never yeah. stopped and so we were talking about like in your mind you know how you it and it's interesting like certain bands and yola tango is a great example like they're always reinventing themselves and to me even if it's not my favorite album i'm always fascinated by what they do because they're always making something <laughs> like that's totally them and they're just making their own decisions and there's no um, label or you know like forcing them to to sound a certain way you know yeah yeah it's it is tricky though isn't it like trying to and I don't I don't think the word relevant is is kind of useful but it's it's a somewhere in between like a mixture yeah. isn't it like staying relevant and, and being original it, it's but but true to yourself you know it's a fucking hard it's a hard game yeah <laughs> you know it is hard and and it's as a band it's you know because it's hard enough like you said as just one person and trying to stay relevant as a group of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but like, like what I love about you guys as well is like you definitely um, you're very true to your roots, I suppose. Um, which, which I don't know, maybe that's quite easy. I don't know, given like there's so many bands that have gone um, before and after you and through and whatever's going on now. In terms of like the grunge thing, obviously you're not grunge, but you know that whole kind of like you're not you're not trying paved to the way in a weird way. Yeah, like here in the states. Um, that socially it, it was a, it was a big movement, um, because it was slightly pre-internet and it's not that internet didn't, didn't exist, but most people didn't have it yet. Mm. Um, and it kind of didn't exist. It sort of did and it sort of didn't. Um, and so socially it, it was kind of a, um, a shift like what, like, cause I was in oh, like ninth grade or something when some of that stuff first started hitting and um, what you could hear on the radio of newer music really started to appeal to me because before that it was all like, you know, Def Leppard and yeah. Um, What's ninth grade? You know, what year is that? How would, how old 91 you maybe I think. I see. Okay. So you'd have been like what? 10 or 11, not 10 or 11. I'm no, like 14, 14 15. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so like, like, when you live in a smaller town pre-internet, you, you know, you you can things like mainstream radio and um, even like what you can buy to wear changes around yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And suddenly, yeah. like if you're in a farm school like I was, things like flannel shirts and stuff like that that everybody already wore was suddenly in fashion and you had like choices <laughs> and my so-called life exactly i mean <laughs> that's what and everybody kind of already looked like that in my school because you just wore torn jeans and john deere hats and um um and flannel shirts it's just you know one kid yeah. drove a tractor to school one day that f of course why not why not you know <laughs> yeah i mean that's um that's a lyric i oh man like i <laughs> I'm so envious of people that got on that. I got got it. Got that vibe. I I can not vibe the the movement of of grunge, fucking whatever. I was just so embedded in 
70s rock. I didn't lift lift my head up until probably 2000, and, 2000 2001 when mm-hmm. maybe like the white stripes started kicking around, which is cool yeah, because yeah, I, at, least, yeah. at least I got something. But what, I was listening to um, your radio playlist thing on, on Spotify. Or, oh, thanks. My <laughs> last, oh, man, for a long time. But um, interesting what you got, what comes up. But I love it when the... Re- <laughs> I love it when the replacements come up. Like, do you know? I mean, what what a fucking band, you know? And they, are, the cri- they were. <laughs> we yeah. emulated them a lot in our early days, especially because um, they had a reputation for uh, making good records and and either being really great live or really terrible. And um, when we started out, we were always really terrible live, and so we thought, well. <laughs> we're like the replacements half the time so we thought that, <laughs> so we thought well as long as we play it with spirit yeah. like they do um but no we definitely uh we we covered their songs occasionally and um all yeah. all big fans of their music our our original drummer don uh was a big fan of theirs as well and um yeah we kind of took you know some uh, solace in the fact that they and many other bands had sort of sometimes a rudimentary aspect to their um, to their songs and uh, Velvet Underground being another one and okay. um, you know like songs that that you could learn to play and 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 it wasn't all about being a hot shot um, player yeah and um, so those were sort of bands that we um, oh oh another one like. Uh, Gosh, we played that Roadrunner song by the Modern Lovers. Yeah. We kind of like the um, oh, bands that made us feel like we could actually play. <laughs> I I love like Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers, man. Like yeah, like Road yeah. Roadrunner. Like that, that, that's oh, yeah. a a sensational song, isn't it? It's like that. Particularly, like I've never been affected by an organ solo before in my entire life, except for that one. I really like yeah. it when he calls the Modern Lovers in towards the end. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. modern lovers. Oh, have they gone out? Oh, yeah, you took them out. Thanks. I'm just trying to get a little Hey, Earl, you got to go home, buddy boy. Come on, baby Earl. <laughs> he comes for me. <laughs> Bye, little Earl. We love you. I have a new kitten, too, but he's. Oh, wow. He's, uh, we found him in the bushes at work, and he was just a little guy and um, kind of hissing and being all confident and then he would roll on his on his back and show his belly and, and be really cute <laughs> kind of within a split second of that and it, i just i thought oh i think this is going to be my cat oh bless. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you can just take it like you can just literally pick animals up off the street and, the, and no, no you know you know that that's cool because there's no one giving that animal a home it's like fucking oh hell. yeah well it's where i work um is a pretty industrial area so what we did is we took them to the vet and they checked to make sure that there wasn't um a microchip and there were no signs or yeah. anything up and he was there Don't we worry, had a Lisa. lot of alley cats I don't think yeah. you're a cat thief. You're like yeah. more like a Mark. <laughs> you're like you a Mark Maron type. Thank you're a wrangler. You. Oh, yeah, that's cute. true. But he's already so he's what five months old and ten pounds. So we don't know he's gonna be huge. He's that's always supposed like, to be five pounds. It's like a fucking tiger. But okay, fine. You know, you know, if you've got the, the the food bill's gonna be astronomical. Hey, cat. He, he eats like a can and a half a day already. 
<laughs> Jesus. You better start making some more records, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was just a, he was like a little stray, and now he's yeah. here, and he's already he runs the house. What's his name? Toki. Um, I don't know if you all get the show uh, Metalocalypse in the UK or, I or don't not, know. but um, it's a show about um, a death metal band, and um, yeah. all of the it's it's a it's it's a very sur like purposely surreal show and, and there's always yeah. like a high body count at their shows because their props go wrong. Okay. So it's played for laughs. <laughs> it's hard okay. to describe, but anyway, sounds like um, WrestleMania. Yeah. So, um, except all the fans die and they kind of, I don't, but there's just <laughs> always millions and millions are like the most popular band in the world. And each, yeah. each band member is sort of an archetype of kind of who they, and they use one to two different like actual musicians. And I forget who Toki is supposed to be, but to, their right. rhythm guitar player is the, is a Norwegian named Toki Wartooth, who is as a, his character is really adorable and loves kittens and candy, but he's also yeah. really brutal. So we just thought yeah. when we met this cat, he was a combo of those things. God, Kitten. well, there you go. Really brutal. He's got podcast fame. Yeah, but I oh, if bless uh, him. yeah, this it's a right. uh, no show have I ever seen that correctly uh, illustrates band dynamic better than this <laughs> Metalocalypse show. <laughs> what about Spinal Tap? Uh, it's very much along those lines. Yes. Okay. If yeah. you like Spinal Tap, this is kind of a sillier cartoon version of okay. it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the greatest comedy ever made. So I mean, maybe I'm, oh, I maybe... love it. Yeah. I'm oh yeah. Put, oh, God, man, Christopher Guest hitting it. Um, we I just were watching. To... Um, Sorry. Oh, have you seen? Um, uh, oh, Waiting for Guffman and uh, yeah. Best oh, in Show God. and his like... Best in Show. Yeah. Oh my I God. Love it. <laughs> my wife and I were watching Best in Show not so long ago. Oh my God. Where's Buzzy B? Where's Buzzy B? Oh my... <laughs> this is a, this isn't a B. Oh my oh, God. No, I know. It's such a good one. It's yeah, those guys. Good... I would love them to just keep writing movies. Um, I know. And what have Ho you. Hopefully From... they will. Oh, somebody's coming up. Um, okay. I, I want because you we both <laughs> listen to a lot of six music and what have you. You um, and I think the Cribs were literally about to come out with a new album. Um, I my my perfect tour I think would be you guys and and the Cribs. Um, one other band I don't know. Haven't figured it out yet. But who who would be like your ideal touring oh. part touring band? Well, we we played with uh, Yola Tango once before, and they we would uh, I would love to hear that music every night just because yeah. I listen to them so much anyway. Um, some bands that I've been listening to that I would love to play with one of these days are um, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever. I've Fuck been enjoying yeah. that band a lot and this band um i forget where in the uk they're from uh they're called shame shame and, i can't um, heard those and they're um they're just the sounds are are the the density of the vocals and the guitar are are quite amazing yeah. i'm gonna look those guys up yeah um and and like what is it about that that gets to you like you just um, you love you love british rock 
I do. It's there's sort of a joy division darkness to it, and I and and it's sort of up tempo in spots where I like it to be, and I like something. Uh, I don't know. I I like really calm. Like I really like I'll I can listen to music for airports and really calm stuff. But then on the other end of the spectrum, I do kind of want something a little bit driving, a little bit yeah, um, kind of minor key. I, I don't know. I. I Shame just hit me in a in a good spot there, uh, sound wise. Just like like I said, the kind of dense dark guitars and they kind of do some. There's like elements of like like doom metal vocals, but then also just regular rock vocals too. And I kind of like yeah. that they're kind of in, uh, mixing those elements up a bit. Yeah, for sure. I love I love all that. I love. All, I mean, like I really like. Um... I don't know why, I, not, I don't know why. I, I kind of like a, like a FM band sounds. I like bands like The Vaccines, but then I, I really like bands that, or songwriters like um, War on Drugs, you know, where mm -hmm. it's like you can feel the surf, you can feel the nostalgia, but you're just going to go, I know it's nostalgic, but but I fucking really like it. So I don't If you like shit. it, you like it. I listened yeah. to that one record of theirs that came out in, what, 2014 or whatever, like so much because yeah i don't care if it sounds like bruce springsteen or what just i yeah. like it <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's, that's why i like it <laughs> yeah yeah i'm 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 starting to do i'm starting to write songs again well i've got a, a, a whole load of songs that i'm just gonna um so like what i wanted to ask you was about is, is guided by voices do you, um mm -hmm. because i love the way they record like some of it's just literally you know like yeah it's like a fucking one mic in a room right and they just go fuck yeah. we're just gonna record the whole album like that um and i'm kind of thinking about doing that maybe with but with three mics yeah so go crazy what, yeah <laughs> what's like what what is that about diy man people like you and me love so much in bands the sound and, and the, the ethos mm. well and um chuck made a solo record that he did in um kind of in somebody's basement and like they loved it on npr and it just it sounds way more lo-fi than than our full band stuff it's more like it's a little more high fidelity than like my solo stuff but i mean I, I've told them, you know, we, we could just do this at home and yeah. save some money and start to, cause I, I, we, we record things that we're making up as a band in the space with just our phones on the, on the, um, oh, what do you call it? The, um, just the audio recording, the voice memo, mm. and we'll oh, all yeah. just have our voice memos. And sometimes those sound amazing and we have to talk ourselves out of releasing stuff like that. Um, there's just but a when I hear guided by voices, I want to too. Then it's like, well, I like this, you know. Yeah, or Elliot Smith or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Guided by voices are 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 uh, near neighbors, like regionally. They're from Dayton, yeah, which is like Dayton, an hour yeah. away. I was going to say that's Ohio, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really close. Yeah. They're they're definitely in the same in the same region. We shop the same rec uh, record stores. God, that that's another. <laughs> if those motherfuckers were still going, eesh, that would be good. I'm starting We'd, to get my. I think I'm starting to get my ultimate lineup here. It's, it's yeah. the, the alt rock lineup, you know. 
Well, uh, Bob and 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 Chuck are are old like frenemies from way back. They yeah. they never say anything super nice about each other in the press, but <laughs> but it's not really mean either. It's just kind of like backhanded, yeah. and um, so <laughs> but we Str- still just play strange. With them. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like That's God, strange. I I remember my mate um put uh, Glad Girls on a, a cassette for me mixtape, and that shit me up. I was like, shit. It's what such is a good this? tune. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I Just I'm a big uh, Mag Earwig fan, and um, we've played a few times with that um Doug Gillard, who was in the band at that time and wrote and co-wrote some of the songs. Um. And he's he's a great he's a great guy and a great uh, great person to go see, especially if you yeah. like that era of uh, GBB. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it. I think that's what kind of what it what put me off alternative rock when I was younger. And I say all, uh, alternative rock, I mean like you know trying to encapsulate stuff like um, Nirvana all the way through to Wire it used to scare the crap out of me. It generally did. I used to get scared yeah. by music that was a bit weird. I'm a sensitive, I'm a sensitive kid. Um, and, but that then something clicked and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like bands like Metallica. Okay. No, look, obviously not alternative rock, but you know, they, I listened to reload and I was like, Oh, so heavy metal isn't just screaming. Oh, okay. And then it like opened up different platforms. But like when I saw wire, a, a tiny little music festival in, um, in, uh, Northeast London, uh i fuck me that just blew my mind and then i was like into gang of four and and all sorts and going oh okay so they're just they're just writing songs okay they're not trying to kill me with music right, and fuck right. my brain up. <laughs> yeah and thankfully because then i got into pixies and then i was like away and then listening to bands like yourself you know it's like um i get it like i get it um obviously like i'm 39 now so it's a bit <laughs> like the horse has bolted but i'm trying to paint i don't know paint a picture for you of what i was like as a kid and how i don't know how music evolves like in your mind how you view it how you shouldn't just put it in a in a box and forget about it because it it maybe upset you slightly once because there's like a a sonic pathway you know that can lead you down such an amazing route if you let it and let albums sit with you you know that's the most important thing um, well, and I was always told I was told that it was dangerous and bad because I grew up in, you know, this sort of religious movement that was very, you know, just kind of old fashioned religion or whatever, which was in the 80s. They there was that kind of satanic panic going on over here where there it's sort of like how QAnon is now where they see like oh god like kidnappers and satan is everywhere and it, and it was kind of like that in the 80s where they would say like Liz Claiborne purses are it's are satanic and just like just and it was all like a, a lot of it was corporate espionage so yeah. um like a local company we have here Procter and Gamble that makes a lot of you know soaps and things like that they supposedly they were satanists because they have like a moon and and it was just something from a different God. lotion company. You know what I mean? Kind of playing off of people's emotions oh, yeah. and, and fears. But like medieval um, shit. Oh, for sure. And they and so there was a lot of like record burning going on here and things like that. And um 
And oh, so they would, I didn't participate in that, but they, but they would have us watch videos in junior high. This was at a religious school. So that's why they kind of got away with it, but about how they were sort of dated. They were a few years behind the time. So they were talking about like Duran Duran and, um, Oh gosh, yeah. Dio, like bands that none of us were actually <laughs> listening to at that moment anyway, but, yeah. um, oh gosh, who else? The Smurfs, our cartoon, the Smurfs, just how all these things were satanic. And the, oh my, my favorite God. story from it is they said that Princess Diana, <laughs> who we all loved, like every little girl in the States loved Princess Diana. Um, right. and, uh, they said Princess Diana went to a Duran Duran concert and there were these cloaked figures <laughs> in the wings and she had to be rushed out. And I was like, oh, poor Princess Di. And uh, <laughs> so I was like straight up told that these things, that there was like satanic power and there would be rumors in um, in in our school. Like there was this band called Queensryche that were kind of a, like a like radio metal band and right. there were these these whispers you know in the in the uh the the middle eight basically like now i look something at that i'm like that's that's the middle eight they just are putting something on top of it and yeah. but at the time they were like if you play it backwards you know or it's there were like friends of my yeah. school were telling me it was like satan talking and and so i had to go from that where people were straight up telling me it was satanically powerful music you know what i mean Jesus. like like black sabbath is is of the devil oh my to I finally mean, God, embracing yeah. them you know what i mean and but that sense of the power doesn't quite leave you and it's not that you're yeah. listening to these bands to get close to the devil it's just more like the <laughs> fact that you thought that as a kid or if it scared you or that yeah. power, the fact that music has power and the adults in your life were afraid for you because of, you know, Iron Man. Yeah, God, imagine if music did have that power. I mean, right. God. Right. I mean, first of all, it's hilarious because people were saying that about the Beatles and Buddy Holly whatever back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I think... I think Satan would have maybe uh, stepped up his act a bit now, by now, you know, <laughs> right. 60, 70 years down the line. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. Uh, but, you he know, maybe... The band Coven Trump's was an power. actual coven. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was... um, Yeah. How far... This is a total pivot of a question here, but how far are you from the... God, this is such a weird question. The crash site of Buddy Holly. Like, is Oh, where that, did... Where was that exactly? Was that in the... Cause I've, I've, I've got me an, where I, it was. Cause I, I think it to... was near minneapolis but I oh could that's be pretty far then yeah yeah that's, I, that's, I, but i did spend a summer there in the twin cities um okay. which was very good for my musical education because their radio played and talked about um you know more esoteric bands than you know maybe where i was living for a while yeah. just because you had so many you know the replacements and who's do and so many great bands prince and Husky stuff do. from from yeah. from Minneapolis, so that was a good, it was a good place to spend a summer as a youngster. Yeah, um, I I just like there's so much rock and roll like pathos and stuff. It, 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 specifically, people falling out the fucking sky. Oh, you know, I know. Well, like... we wrote a song about about um, the Leonard Skinner plane crash. Our song, really... our song Magnolia, because that was the the town, one of the towns, kind of in. You know, they crashed, I think, in between a couple of towns, and yeah. that was one of them. 
just because I would I get I would watch those behind the music documentaries, which were always so you know sad and and dramatic. And hearing about that day, just I mean, it really beyond just the kind of you know it, you know in being interested in in what and ha- what happened. It just emotionally was very. I thought it was pretty tragic, and and it kind of it really got yeah. to me. And a misunderstood band as well. Very much like, so. Like what they they're just seen as not just, and I know they're not completely, but sort of have that reputation for being rednecks and. Uh, for sure, yeah. yeah. They were, and they Ra- were a racist, lot, yeah. and they were, and they were different than that. They were a much yeah. more welcoming, educated band than I think people give them credit for, which is why. Yeah. They got mad at Neil Young. <laughs> I was going to say, because then you've got a conflict there with how much you and I fucking love Neil Young. Uh, and, and, and and I hope Neil Young will remember that Southern men don't need him around anyhow. Yeah. I mean, you know, what was Neil thinking, man? He, he did paint with a pretty large, broad stroke right. there. <laughs> but yeah. I understand. But I mean, that's what poetry does. And that's what that's why poetry is different than prose. And I think it's OK that nuance exists and it's okay to sort of tell a story that's maybe reminiscent of maybe this doesn't represent everyone's story um but it, it's the, someone's story but i guess but i mean if you go along those lines it's almost like you're giving people or, or you're, you're hoping that people are going to understand the nuance and 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 the sort of like the little the detail the devil in oh, the detail yeah. but people fucking can't won't, you know no, no. Like, i mean that's, that's the fun you have to take the light and kind of knowing that it's your own little secret and yeah. and and sort of just trying to put it in put make the words so that like okay the the, the second coming I'm not going to say that what we write is anything even close to that kind of level of genius but Yeats second coming even if you don't know maybe what he's speaking of in his mind the language is very moving and very beautiful. And so it kind of works on these various levels, you know, it kind mm. of, maybe mm. it just inspires like kind of this latent fear and you don't even know what you're scared of, or maybe you're, you know, about his life or his struggles or things that he was, you know, end of times thoughts or, you know, like there's so many things mm. that you can get from that. And I think if you write kind of in a layered fashion, you're okay because it's not so much misunderstanding. It's just kind of like these are the words. I mean, that sounds super hippy dippy, but no, no, no. There it's is, cool, man. but you know what I mean. Like there, it's yeah. a, it's maybe they're not misunderstanding. They're just getting something a little bit different from it, but it's not fully wrong either. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I, like when you're writing lyrics and stuff, um, trying to position a song as best you possibly can to the finished article that you want it to be mm-hmm. like that is a that is an art form in itself but like what what's as close to some are some yeah. are and some are labored over and some are tossed off you know why don't we do it in the road types things you know where it's just like here that's it you know right <laughs> white white album but i mean what what um I don't know, like, what's your proud? I mean, it's a really difficult question to answer, but like, where does like your proudest moments like come into it? Because I know that you've written. Have you written? I don't know whether I've written, read this incorrectly, but you, you know, whether it was Attica or, or I don't know what album it was, but whether you um, 
you were all going through some emotional stuff in, in terms of relationships or whatever, personal shit in life, and and an album comes out of it that's really good because of that. Like, how mm-hmm. much of yourselves do you? How much of yourselves do you put into the the uh, the albums lyrically or musically? I think a lot, especially earlier on, you know, as things for all of us were a little bit more like in our first couple of records where things were a lot less, um, uh, we didn't have a lot of stability individually. And so I think that did find its way into um, lyrically pretty heavily. And then as we've gone on, um, you kind of learn to write about other things and grapple with it's kind of like the higher Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In that, like, if you are kind of fighting for even like emotional survival where you're just sort of like just hanging on, that's going to kind of consume your writing a bit. And then mm. as you do better and you have, have more of your needs met um, in various ways, you can, you can start to write maybe about a little bit, different types of subjects, you know, different things that, that are on your mind or, and, and some people will respond to one more versus the other, perhaps, because I think it's, that's the good thing about writing is it can kind of be an exercise and it can be something that you do, whether or not you're in the throes of something, but it can, can also serve as, um, a therapy, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great answer. That's that's good. I Thanks. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that no that 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 means something to me. Definitely, that's definitely spoken to me. It's very, yeah. But it's it's so it's so hard to get that right. But you know, when you listen to someone who has got it right, and you're like, damn, I wonder what that was like. Because I know that, like, whilst we're talking roughly about Tom Petty, I I know that Damn the Torpedoes was like a two year fucking album. You know, that took ages and ages and ages to make. But that's like just. Yeah perfection you know and yeah but then get you've got like rocket from russia it's like 24 minutes it probably took about two weeks in the studio if that yeah that everything young marble giants did it was like in a matter of what hours or something i i don't know if you've ever listened to their stuff but no it's just like they just basically went in for a couple of hours and anything of theirs that you can get is all from that day or you know (laughs) like yeah, that's brilliant. Like, uh, why can't I do that? <laughs> but then again, yeah. we've done that too. And, and I think necessity kind of sometimes has something to do with that. If you know that this is all the time that you've got. I mean, in our first record, let's see, Dawn had broken her ribs. I think she'd gotten in some kind of accident. And, um, and so she's like, look, this is how long I can play without it. Um, you know, really damaging hurting. anything further and she like kind yeah. of wrapped herself up and um and we only had you know we could only afford a short amount of time kind of in the studio to get certain basic tracks you know drums are the main thing you have to get anyhow on a when yeah. you're in like a big studio and then um yeah we we got everything tracked like the main tracks in one night pretty much yeah god so you but, must have been how long wussy's been going for a damn pretty damn long time yeah you, you must have been Almost. like pretty pretty young when when the band started out right yeah like, maybe like 24 
okay. twenty-four, okay. maybe. Sorry, you you seem yeah, you, you, you seem years. a lot younger, maybe perhaps you look you look very youthful. Thanks. Um, so hey, no worries. Um, I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I just it seems like you were like seventeen or eighteen or something when the band. That, first you can tell that. people like, that I was the Steve Winwood. I was the fifteen-year-old kiddo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep with the man's running. voice. There's yeah. several of those. Steve Winwood. Um, I feel like Eric Burden George, maybe too. Yeah. George Harrison was a youngin. Yes. Mike Cam. Mike Campbell was really young from the Heartbreakers. And Graham Goldman was like fifteen when he wrote God. "Bus Stop" for the Hollies. Like Jesus he wrote a Christ. bunch of their songs as a teenager, like a young that's, teenager. That's ugh. And he wrote. Mm. He also wrote "Not in Love," didn't he? For ten cc. I mean, the guy, the guy is a genius. Yeah, for sure. Oh my god, those kind of people want to make me sick. But I, I know. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have to make a move. But before I do, are you are you staying up for the? Uh, what staying up? Are you gonna watch the Biden Trump uh, chit chat later debate? Mm, no, but I'll tell you why. I can't. So I read a lot you of value, news. You value your mental health. I do. I do. And I and I read a lot of news. I, I listen to NPR and BBC, which are a little less like shouty than some of the others. And um, yeah. And so in that, I get about as much of Trump's voice as I can personally stomach without feeling ill or or more yeah. like so crazy that I am no longer productive because I have to remain a good responsible citizen. I have to be able to vote. I have to yeah. be there for my friends who maybe like, I am an old hat at anxiety. So this, and I'm also a hermit. So like, I am, I am prepped, man. I am, this Indeed. is, yeah. I'm like, I've been practicing my whole life for now. And so I'm the calm one right now. <laughs> and so my friends who usually have it together are maybe struggling more and so i gotta keep my sanity for myself but for them and so no i know who i'm voting for uh, my mind is not changing and i can't stand to hear his stupid voice uh, yeah you well, know what i'm saying got... dude well yeah absolutely check out spitting image uh, which is a sat satirical political thing that starts on bbc one on saturday um and there's a guy who who's been on the show uh, tom ford uh, who's doing a voice of trump oh yeah Okay. And so, and that's going to be fucking great. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. I just thought I just wanted to know from an American's perspective. Mm. But yeah, you poor thing. If he wasn't running my country, it would be a lot easier to laugh at him or to kind of take it in stride. But, um, you know, I it's a personal affront, everything yes. about that dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, believe me, he got in. He got into my dreams for the first time the other night. So, and I'm, I'm British. Sorry. So. It happens. It it yeah. happens. It's just it's how your mind is processing it. So, like less therapy for us if we can dream it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Well, look, enjoy the rest of your day. And oh, thanks, William. You too. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's just been so fucking great, like touching base with you, reaching out because. Your music has meant a lot to me over the past like five or six years. So it's oh, really thank it's you. so great. I'll share that yeah. with the band as well. I know it will brighten their, their spirits a lot. They they, cool. they love hearing that. So thank you so much. Right. Cool, it was man. lovely I, I, speaking with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop you an email with some of those movie suggestions and when the show's going to go out. Cool. Cool. Sounds awesome. Okay. Thanks, nice William. One, Take care. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, well, 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 they go the same.
both of your hands out You said our time has come to an end I never saw it coming Like the start of the autumn rain